This conference will now be recorded. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather for June 11th uh, to June 18th, 2023. Our features this week are Pluto going into Capricorn for six months, six and a half months. Saturn's retrograding backwards, stationing on a world point, and the new moon that we are going to have in Gemini at the end of the week. So this is a juicy, fun kind of week, a lot of shifts and changes. Saturn is stationing on a world point, seven and a half of the mutable is a world point, one degree on either side. So he's stationing at 712, and then he'll be going backwards. Pluto just went back into Capricorn, where he will be until January 20th next year. And uh, so he's asking us to go revise, revisit. And the new moon has a juicy Sun-Neptune square. So that's kind of an interesting new moon energy for us as we work with the energy unfolding in the heavens above, as above, so below, as without, so within. We're rocking. So if we look at the stuff from June 11th through the 18th, we see there's quite a few aspects. Most of them were yesterday on Sunday, because this is being recorded on Monday, because Yesterday was kind of a crazy day. Um, but we had Pluto going into Capricorn and Mercury going into Gemini. And Mercury and Pluto trining each other, kind of passing the baton. And then we also had Venus squaring Jupiter. So yesterday, Sunday, was kind of a busy, busy day. Today, Monday, Moon in Aries is a very fast, quick, let's go, let's go, let's go kind of energy. So let's go. So we're going to look back to yesterday where Pluto was in, went back into Capricorn uh, and he went bright and early in the morning. Now, remember, he was flying. This is kind of coming in for a landing. Remember when you come in on a plane, plane hits the ground and goes bump, 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 and you put your hands on the seat ahead of you and you kind of brace yourself because we're landing. Now, he took off. Uh, we had him enter Capricorn back in January of 08. Of course, that was the bank collapse and Obama's presidency and bailing out the banks. Capricorn, Capricorn's government, countries, banks. Now he entered his shadow. He's been in Capricorn since 2008. He's getting ready to leave. He was entered his shadow for this upcoming retrograde, January 7th. So all the stuff that you've been working on since January 7th is now going to go backwards. You have an opportunity to revise, revisit, redo, as what retrogrades want us to do, around the last bits of your Capricorn journey. Um, he will have a little smidgy next year from September 1st through November 20th, of course, during the U.S. elections. Not, not looking forward to that, but the energy of this January Capricorn thing. So think back to January 7th. And Pluto is going to say, I know, I know you thought you moved on on March 23rd when I went into Aquarius, but I realized I forgot something. And it's similar, you know, I live in, in New York, I'm back up in New York again here at the Bright Red Desk. And it's similar when I go out to get out stairs. I don't always think to look out the window. <laughs> so I'm going out and I go out the door and I kind of look around and I go, oh, I forgot the umbrella. Well, do you continue or do you go back up the stairs and get it? So this week we had the fires here in New York. So I'm going out the door and the woman says, I hope you have a mask. I said, actually, I do have masks in my purse. So I did not have to turn around and go back upstairs to get my mask. But the energy of that turn around, go back, fix it, get what you forgot, and then you can go out into the air. So March 23rd, uh, we went into Aquarius. The plane took off. 
and we got it up in the air and now the pilot says we're going back in for a landing we have a little engine malfunction we have to fix something capricorn we have to work on some earth stuff back in on june 11th and then we take off again uh, we fix the plane through November 3rd, and then we get in line and we're taxiing for the runway, and we take off again next January 20th. So this energy of Earth to air is big, and of course, you know, they don't get each other. Earth planets look at air planets and go, why are you blowing around and gusting? You should settle down a little. And air planets look at Earth planets and go, why are you sitting there like a rock? Capricorn's a rock. So you're going to find a lot of the old habits, a lot of the old things that you thought you were done with shift and change, and you're ready to go back and revise, revisit, redo. So as Pluto goes back into Capricorn, when we look at that chart, it's a Gemini rising chart. And the sun is approaching a square to Neptune. We can see the moon up there on Neptune in, Gem in Pisces, right? So we're in a closing balsamic phase to the new moon, which comes at the end of the week. So we're in closing energy. We're figuring things out on a closing, releasing, letting go kind of way. We see a lot of energy down there in the third. So it's a very chatty little chart. And, you know, if you watch the world lately, it's been very chatty uh, with those Mars and Venuses and Leo. Uh, or, yeah, the, the two of them chat, chat, chat. And of course, Mercury is when Pluto goes back into Capricorn, Mercury and Pluto are sitting there, right, trying to each other, a very tight trine. And then they have Mercury trine Pluto, right, exact. That's a little later in the day. And that's a baton pass. If you've ever run in races or been in, re been in swim meets and you swim and you pass the baton, you know, you come in touch and the next person takes off. Mercury is the only planet that can visit Pluto in the underworld. None of the other ones go there. Pluto's a bit of a hoarder and he's very private, but he likes Mercury. He finds him funny. So Mercury and Pluto have a trine. So there's a passing of the information, practical, reliable, dependable, a lot of solid stuff, Mercury there. And of course, um, the energy is shifting. Then right after Mercury and Saturn have their trine, Mercury goes into Gemini. And so he's now taken off from Earth where he's been since April. Then remember he was in Taurus. We had that long retrograde in Mercury and Taurus. Now he's in his favorite sign. He's in Gemini. He's happy. He's chatty. He's talking. He's exploring things. And we do see Saturn at the tippy top of the chart on a world point. And the midheaven is exactly on the world point. And we see the ascendant here at 29 Gemini. So we recognize that part of this next few weeks with Mercury into Gemini is about talking and communication and dialogue and how do we think about things and why do we think it? And of course the moon Neptune in uh, Pisces up there at the tippy top kind of inspires us to think. And the moon is uh, void, uh, just went void when this happened. Actually it didn't go void, I apologize for that. Um, it's, it's approaching its sextile to Pluto. So there's an energy with Mercury entering Gemini of really being interested in communications and things going on behind the scenes uh, because Mercury's in the 12th house and the chart cast for DC. Also, Gemini rising last degree, um, that is what we call an anoretic degree. It's an important degree because it signifies the end of something and the beginning of something new. So when you do a kind of astrology called horary, 
and you cast a chart and you get this degree, you kind of look and say, well, you know, I think the matter has already been decided. And they go, yes, yes, I bought the car, but I just wanted to make sure it was a good car. And you're like, yeah, you, you already did it, right? And so that's the Gemini energy where it says it's done. And now what are we going to do with it? With Saturn and Pisces at the top on a world point, there's a focus on responsibility because Saturn, whenever planets are on world points, it brings their essence. Saturn and Pisces also speaks to, you know, what your dream, you know, because he's in the last sign of the Zodiac and in 2025, he goes into Aries. Well, he's at the last parts of, he's back to 1994. Think what you were doing on then, 94, 95. He's back to 65, 66. What were you doing then? And of course, that was when the voting rights um, law was passed into, uh, the civil rights legislation was passed in the 60s by Johnson, President Johnson. And we just had the Supreme Court rule on gerrymandered districts. I believe it was in Alabama, but it's going to affect Mississippi too. So then they gutted this, they, the Supreme Court a few years back gutted the Voting Rights Act with the idea being that we, don't, we aren't prejudiced anymore. There's no problems. We don't have to worry about gerrymandering or anything. And, you know, of course, the minute they got gutted, everybody started behaving in ways. Now they don't have to be responsible. So Saturn on the Midheaven says, no, no, we have to be responsible. And Gemini rising, you know, we have to be responsible for the choices we make, the words we say, the things we do. Be very conscious of that because Gemini's got you on tape, going to be recording you, going to be paying attention to what you said. And this is that thing when, you you know, they dig up stuff from Twitter from 20 years ago or not even that long ago. They dig up speeches where you said, well, you know, bop, 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 and then now you're doing something different. So this is one of those, well, you know, you said this, now you're not doing it. You're like, right, you're right, I'm not. And this is this is an interesting one. It's a, it's a complicated one because Mercury's trining the Pluto, but it also is, you know, when I was a kid, my mother said, just because everybody's jumping off a bridge doesn't mean you should. And you're like, well, yeah, but I want to jump off the bridge. <laughs> and uh, I think the idea was jumping off a bridge was a bad idea. But the I, the concept of just because everybody else is doing it doesn't mean it's right that's Mercury trying Pluto. So it's also good to look at and say, okay, how does this work? Venus squares Jupiter yesterday. Uh, she's in Leo. She's happy. She's productive. This was the flirty, frisky, fun energy. This happens once a year. Of course, Jupiter's only in Taurus for a year. So um, Venus is chatting with him and they're having a good old time. I think they have another couple of squares because Venus goes retrograde this summer in Leo. So this is probably the first of three squares, but I didn't look, so I apologize. Uh, next up, Mercury squares Saturn. That happens on Thursday. Now, Mercury is on a world point. Saturn is on a world point. Seven and a half of the mutable are world points. Mars is on a world point, 15 of Leo. A lot of energy around the direction. Uh, this is, um, we're working with this energy with Mercury square Saturn in terms of things presented, ideas ideas being honored and spoken about, and what it, what's our purpose, what's our path, where are we heading? So this Mercury square Saturn is an opening square. So Mercury is going to go back and say to Saturn, did you actually mean this or did you mean that? So you're going to look for clarifying energy this week in June, on June 5th, 10th, on Thursday, 
as we go with this. And you can see there's a grand trine in Earth, which wants to settle the matter and get it decided. You can also see a kite in that chart. What kites do is comes the Neptune in Pisces as part of the kite. And as we get to the end of the week, when the sun squares Neptune, the kite will be activated again. So this is a kind of juicy energy for um, physical creation of dreams and also physical direction in how we're going to proceed. When we look at this Saturday, we see Mercury is in a sextile to Venus. It's going to be in a sextile to Mars next week. But Mercury sextile Venus is the two of them love each other. They get along really well. They're in fire and air. It's a frisky kind of energy. Interestingly, it's on the world point. So it's going to be really important news released on June 17th. So I'm going to be curious if we're going to have additional indictments or if we're going to have additional parts to the story uh, with the recent Trump indictment. Um, and for people who wrote me and asked, Mercury, he was indicted when Pluto was in Aquarius. So we're not seeing this trial going forward, at least until January when Pluto goes back into Aquarius, even though Florida is known for its rocket docket. So with, but this suggests there's some more uh, things coming. So we're going to watch for this when the Mercury sextiles Venus. Um, and so that's an interesting aspect. Venus is in Leo. Mercury is in Gemini. Um, I recently, you know, have been searching the internet looking for Jack Smith's birthday. I've been searching since he was appointed. So Glenn Thrush, Thrush I'm not sure I'm saying his name right. He's a, a political reporter for the New York Times. Um, he recently published a birth date for him and make that makes Jack Smith a Gemini, which makes sense. He's a John. John and Jack is, you know, Geminis have nicknames. Um, so we'll see. You know, um, the, the guy's got a lot of Scorpio because <laughs> he's completely scrubbed off the Internet. There's nothing out there. Um, but it so we have a possible birthday of a Gemini. Um, so I'm going to watch it, you know, if if it works, you know, having watched him during his uh, speech, um, I was kind of watching. He was making those little weird eye movements, which is a trait of Gemini. So I could work with the Gemini rising. Um, so we'll see. We know we're still we're still working for a good birthday for Jack, Jack John. But that's Gemini. That's a good that's a good sign. I'd seen one earlier that made him a Pisces, but it wasn't it was a speculative spark. So at any rate, this is interesting because this energy is happening with uh, this Mercury sextile Venus is happening on the world point. Again, big news, big news uh, with Neptune angular. So it'll be interesting to see. And we also have Saturn stopped in the sky in Pisces behind the scenes in the 12th house. So there's a lot of energy here around how things are proceeding. So with Mercury um, sextiling Venus and Mars, we'll see we'll see what happens. Uh, so Saturday is a big day to watch because there's stuff going on. And we also have Saturn stationing to go retrograde. Um, now, when Saturn stations to go retrograde, he looks like this. He's stationing on Saturday at 127. But we know that the five days before and the five days after are when we really feel the stop. So we're freezing time this week. Go back five days. Five minus uh, 17 takes us back to the 12th, um, and we're stopping time. And then five days forward takes us forward to the 23rd. Again, Saturn on a world point. Notice 
that Mercury sextile Venus is on a world point on Saturday at 1.29 a.m. And Saturn's on a world point at 1.27 p.m. in Libra. So I'm, you know, I'm an astro. I get very excited when I see these world point energies because it's usually a big friggin' deal. And so with Saturn on a world point, as he stops, you know, we know there's big things afoot. So we're going to watch this week. Now, a lot of times when Saturn happens, especially in Pisces, there's water main breaks. There's trouble with, um, uh, there's trouble with pipes or fluid or uh, sewer systems. You know, a couple of years ago we had it and there was, you know, they, you, when you use those wet wipes that don't disintegrate, they, they freeze in your pipe. So there was a huge backlog of sewage in Queens uh, because it formed like a cloth ball, I guess, of ice. So this is an interesting one. And we also have Ceres opposite Gemini, Neptune and Gemini. So that's a big energy in terms of how that works. And the Ceres is approaching a trine to Gemini, not quite there yet or trying to Pluto rather, not quite there yet, but it is still part of that grand trine in Earth shooting out into Neptune. So again, we'll see what happens. There's a lot of interesting energy with these this week with Saturn stationing on a world point with the angles being on world points and Mercury, uh, state, Mercury sextiling Venus, which is cooperating energy, right? So when Saturn entered Pisces, he entered it on March 8th, on March 12th, he entered his retrograde shadow. Now we're going to be going backwards until November 3rd when he gets to his retrograde shadow. And then he leaves his shadow on September 7th next year. So that means that we're back reviewing what was going on from March 12th when we're reviewing it until November 7th, November 3rd, and then we start working on it again. So even though Saturn went into Pisces and we all were like, oh, it's in Pisces now. He kind of went, yeah, and I'm not going to quite go very far. I'm going to go backwards. And remember last year, Jupiter did the same thing when he went into Aries. He just got up to about seven or eight, and then he went backwards. So this is kind of like the planets give us a taste of what they want us to look at or think about. And um, then, they, then they go, okay, well, now I told you about it. Go think about it. See what you want to do. So this is very much um, stuff shifting and changing and people turning back. Now, one of the things this makes me think about is the writer's strike. Um, so when I was looking at that, you know, a lot of people are saying going for a while into January and the actors all just went out on strike. I guess the directors made, made a deal already, but this kind of implies the writer's strike could go for a bit more. Um, so if they don't settle by the 17th, uh, they may be out for a while because Pisces is kind of a, the opposite of Virgo. Uh, and it also kind of correlates to um, the movie industry and whether it's going to open back up again or it's going to be, it's going to stay shut. So we'll see what happens with that. I'm kind of thinking it stays shut, but you know, I want to be an optimistic astrologer and hope that negotiations can happen. Next up, we have the lovely new moon on, um, uh, that takes place on Oops, I got the wrong new moon in here. It takes, <laughs> oh my God. All right, well, we'll look at the new moon chart in a second. Uh, the new moon takes place on June 18th at 26.43 Gemini. And it is the first quarter happens on March 17th at 27 Gemini. 
And the full moon takes place on December 15th of 2024 at 23 Gemini. And the closing quarter takes place on uh, Gemini moon in Virgo sun in September of 2025. So things begun under this new moon on June 18th will be culminating. You know, we have the 30 day lunar cycle. We also have the longer cycle which is this one, which is the nine and a half months between lunations and squares. So you can see the moon in Gemini is basically at the same degree and it forms an aspect to the other mutable planets, the mutable sun in Pisces, the mutable sun in Sag and the mutable sun in Virgo. So this is your longer lunar phase energy that we're working with this year. And we're gonna look at that energy and kind of say, okay, where are we going? We also have on June 18th, um, we have the sun squaring Neptune as part of the feature of the new moon that we're going to have. And so the sun squaring Neptune is going to be approaching all week. And remember, we get that, um, we get the Saturn retrograde the day before, and then the sun squares Neptune, and we get the actual. So it's important for you and for all of us with the sun square Neptune to kind of research things and think about things and read things and apply our common sense to stuff. There's a lot of delusion and illusion going on in the sky with the Neptune sun square and also with that Neptune moon in Gemini answering to Mercury in Gemini. So there's an interesting energy up there in the heavens that encourages us to pay attention to the details. Now, Venus and Mars are feeling very frisky over there in Leo. And they're playing together for the next month or two until Mars gets into Virgo. They're not, Venus is not gonna overtake Mars. They're just kind of dancing together. It's a little bit like a bolero, little cha-cha-cha, but no touching. So they're playing and they're activating and exciting. And Venus is going to be going into her retrograde shadow soon um, where she goes, uh, I think next week she enters her shadow. So we're gonna be working with her energy of, okay, what's balance? What's important? What's, what is it I value? What do I want to work with? What do I want to love? What do I want to grow? And so the energy with the Gemini Neptune sun square, um, the sun in Gemini square, Neptune and Pisces, both of them are talking to uh, planets that are happy. You know, Jupiter's in his rulership. Uh, Neptune, if you want to say Neptune rules Pisces, she's in, he's in, her, he's in his rulership. And the sun is in Gemini also in his rulership, talking to Mercury. So there's a lot of energy where the planets are in either signs they like or signs they're content to be in. So that's always a helpful energy. And we just have all these shifts. The two outer planets, Pluto and Saturn changing point this week, that makes the midpoint, which is Sunday and Saturday, that makes the midpoint Tuesday and Wednesday kind of big because that's the day of the midpoint of Saturn stationing and Pluto stationing. And of course, that's when we have the indictment, uh, Trump's indictment, Trump having to appear in court. That is uh, three o'clock. The moon will be in Taurus that day. So we'll see. He does have a woman judge, Eileen Cannon, or Eileen Cannon, I think it is, either Eileen or Eileen, I think it's Eileen. But anyway, she's the judge, moon in Taurus. So we'll see what we'll see what it conspires. We're on an adventure and we're going to be learning a lot of things. When uh, the tweet came out, it was seven and a half Sag uh, with the Trump, the possible Trump chart for Jack Smith. That's got a Gemini energy at seven and a half. So we'll see. 
we'll see what happens. Um, I'm watching. When a minute I get a good one for him, we'll we'll talk about it. But it's a forward motion energy, but it's also going back because the planets are stopping and shifting and changing. So it's an important week. For you, look at the, that confluence. Remember, because Pluto is back in Capricorn, so he just vibed Saturn into a whole new version of reality. Because Saturn went into Pisces um, after, uh, went into Pisces before Pluto went into Aquarius. Right? So now he's back there and there's like this big vibration underneath. A lot of times when these outer planet stations we have earthquakes, we have volcanoes, we have things that they represent because Saturn's in um, Capricorn, which is bridges and um, structures that are built and water is Saturn. We can anticipate some water dissolving bridges or structures, you know, maybe bridges falling down because Saturn and water, Saturn, what structures and water are involved. Um, we also can just expect that this is this is very emotional uh, because these are emotional planets at the points they're at and at the degrees they're at. So you may find you're running a little extra emotional this week, and that's completely okay. Uh, New Moon webinar on Friday. Uh, I'm not sure Rose has it set up to sign up for on the website yet. We'll be sending out a newsletter, um, but the New Moon webinar for the New Moon that happens on Sunday will be on Friday. Friday night, and of course you can buy the slides and the recordings for it. Um, oops, I did something here. Actually, the cat came around. Hi, Remo. You saying hi to everybody? We're back on the red desk again. There's much more room on this desk than on the desk in Florida. And the couch is right next door, so I can pet him while I'm working. So we're having, we seem to have adjusted well to being back in New York. A uh, Cupful of Stars is out there for you to sign up for. And let's look at the, the aspects for the week. Um, so the sun this week goes from uh, 20 to 27 Gemini. Um, not a lot of aspects. Does have a quintile on the 15th, which is a really good idea. Very cranky crabby on the 16th because he's in the sextile to Eris. Mercury this week goes from 29, uh, 56 Taurus into a, almost 11 Gemini. He has the trine to Pluto and the path shift into Gemini where suddenly he's lighter, he's talkative, he's more communicative, he's giving us ideas. He does have a choice to make on the 13th when he hits those nodes of fate in a quincunx and a semi-sextile. So triggering the eclipses a little bit, but more, uh, more an energy of thinking about, well, what is, what is it you've decided in your life? What have you decided is important. What did you think about during the eclipses in April and May? And now what do you have to go back and adjust and fix? Because the Mercury is saying, well, you know, you thought this, do you need to change that? And most likely you're going to say, yeah, I do. So that's a good energy for getting stuff out the door, revising, revisiting. You know, if you've been thinking of revising your website or um, getting things ready, you know, this is a good week to do it because next week is the summer solstice. We also have Mercury square Saturn, which is making choices, uh, dif difficult news. That's going to be on the 15th. And that has that energy of needing to make a choice. And both Mercury and Saturn are on world points. And that can be, you know, as I mentioned before, it can be a second indictment. It can be more information coming out about, you know, part one, part two. So we'll see what happens with that. It also is you in your own life having to make choices about things. 
and or reflecting on the choices you made and what is on your list to do before you're free and clear of your responsibilities that you want to shift out of. So this energy is pretty strong. Um, and then Venus, of course, this week has a square to Jupiter. She's pretty quiet. She's just going from five to 13. So she's happy, 12 and a half, really. Um, so she's in a good mood and all the planets between five and 12 and a half in your chart will be activated by the goddess of love in one of her more playful, flirty, fun signs. And she has a quincunx to Saturn on the 13th. Uh, where which happens at five in the morning, six in the morning, East Coast time. So quincunx is at, and there, you know, Saturn, of course, is on a world point. So she's going to kind of poke at Saturn and say to him, so like, what are you thinking? And it is an adjusting energy. So there's an adjustment required of you on the 13th. A little quiet, but but still there. And it can be a subtle change, right? Uh, the Mars this week runs from 12 to 15. He doesn't have a lot of stuff. He does have a health aspect on the 15th where he's in a quintichili to Pluto. So we do want to watch health matters as they appear. And he also on the 11th has a sesquiquadrate to Neptune in Pisces. That's not a bad aspect, but it's a little bit confusing. Saturn stations. So if you were confused yesterday on Sunday, that's part of the energy or just a, a wash and swirling emotions. It's probably a better way to say it. Um, the, as we mentioned, Saturn stations this week at 712. So he's not moving much at all. And he stations to go retrograde until November. We have Neptune uh, pushing us to make decisions about our partnerships on the 18th and who we're partnering with and why. And we have Neptune in a sextile to Vesta, the goddess of love. So there's an energy there. We also have Pluto, as we mentioned, going into Aquarius, where he will be until um January 20th next year, going back into Capricorn, leaving Aquarius to go back into Capricorn. And we have Chiron um, trining Athena. So if you've had a chronic health matter and you go to see a new doctor this week, it can get solved. It can be changed. And we don't talk about it often because I don't do a lot of work with her, but she is an ocean goddess. So Sedna, the goddess of the ocean, is shifting into Gemini on June 15th. So that often brings us water stories, stories of the water, stories of the ocean. And of course, her mythology was, you know, her, it was a whole big drama, but basically her um, father cut her fingers off and they, you know, and threw her in the ocean. And that those fingers became the animals of the ocean, the seals and the lion, sea lions and all that stuff that swim under there. And so the shamans would go down and comb her hair. She didn't have any fingers and, um, uh, and, and ask for help in hunts. So we may see some ocean characters, ocean energy up and running because of that, you know, critters in the ocean doing strange things which we sometimes see um, because her critters are active and it may be, uh, you know, there's that big blob that's coming across the Atlantic heading for the Florida beaches. So I'm going to look for some ocean stories this week when Sedna is shifting into Gemini because she's an ocean goddess and her fingers, Geminis, are the fish and the critters of the ocean. So we'll see if there's you know, some, you know, because that's like when Pluto went into Aquarius, we had all these AI stories, right? So Sedna going into Gemini, we may start hearing about fish, you know, collapse of fisheries, things like that. So 
you know, I'm not trying to do gloom and doom astrology here. I could just hear one of you go, oh my God, she's talking about the oceans dying now. Yeah, you know, hey, you know, it's all going to be fine. We are, a. I did a lecture at NORWAC um, on uh, the upcoming changes in human consciousness, which you're able to buy if you want to go buy it. But it was very funny because I was like, okay, when you go to the Hayden Planetarium, which is the part of the new, new, the American Natural History Museum on the west side of New York, you go into the Big Bang thing, and then you come out of the Big Bang box and you walk down this long ramp, like a long ramp, and like 16 billion years ago, bacteria came. You know, it's just kind of what happened in terms of the cosmos. And then you get to the very bottom of the thing and there's this little piece of glass and there's a human hair under it. And it says, this is how long humans have been alive. And you look back at that ramp you rock down and you realize, you know, in that moment, you're, you're, the entire span of human existence is the size of a hair relative to the cosmos. So it's, it's a very uh, sobering walk but the energy also is, you know, yeah, we're a human here. So Earth will be fine. She's been here years and years and years. She had the dinosaurs. She had all that stuff. So she'll be fine, depending on what happens to us. The humans that are currently polluting her and causing all these problems, that's another story. So we'll see what that looks like. And, of course, next week is Father's Day. Next Sunday is Father's Day, the 18th. Um, so that's always a fun one. So let's talk the moons. So the moon was in Aries on Sunday and Monday, and it's very fast moon, speed, speed, speed. And it's uh, the sun's in a balsamic phase today, Sunday, so a lot of activity, getting a lot done, crossing off that to-do list. The moon goes void in Aries at 2.27 p.m. tomorrow, Tuesday, um, the 13th, and it goes void with a square to Pluto. And then moon enters Taurus at 2.31 p.m. on East Coast time. And of course, the, the court appearance is for three East Coast time. So the moon will be in Taurus on the 13th. The 14th is Flag Day and Donald Trump's birthday. So we know his solar return. Remember your solar return the two weeks or three weeks before your birthday is what you get to work with the whole year. So we know what he's going to be doing this year. Uh, the 14th is Taurus. The 15th is 9.36 p.m. On the 15th, the moon goes void in Taurus with a trine to Pluto in Capricorn. Moon is void for a whole total of 10 minutes. And then it goes into Gemini on the 15th, the evening of the 15th at 9.46 p.m. It's in Gemini Thursday evening, Saturday, Sunday. It was Mercury stations to go retrograde. Uh, the moon is in Gemini. And then it has the new moon at 12.37 a.m. on uh, on Sunday morning uh, at 26.43 Gemini. And then the moon goes void at 2.24 a.m. And the moon goes void with a square to Neptune. And we also have the sun squaring Neptune that day. So moon and sun square Neptune. So the 18th is very sentimental, very teary. Moon is void uh, from 2.24 a.m. until 6.58 a.m. And when it goes into Cancer, and of course the Cancer moon on the 18th, the 19th, and the 20th, 
ends with the opposition to Capricorn, which we got away from for a while. Remember, we were having all those cardinal moons squaring and opposing and joining. So now we're going to be back to the moons in hard aspect to Pluto when they're in a cardinal sign. So Father's Day is pretty emotional, a lot of stuff going on. And it also is the moon in Cancer with a hard aspect. So the difficult days this week, um, the difficult day would be probably Wednesday with the moon in a square to Venus and Mars in Taurus. So it's kind of a digging in energy. The female energies are fighting and the moon's fighting. And then Sunday is tough uh, because there's just a lot of stress. But the rest of the week, not too bad. It's kind of an interesting week. Mercury square Saturn is decisions. Um, this is a week of layoffs, uh, meaning if you know a lot of tech people are getting fired or a lot of layoffs are going to happen because of the, well, we don't really need you anymore. So And your computers can get a little fluey because of the Mercury square Saturn. You know, Mercury and Saturn are both on world points, and that happens on the 15th. So that's really more a backup your computer kind of energy. Um, and that's it for the week. And hopefully that gives you some ideas about how to work with it. As I mentioned, the new moon is going to take place, uh, new moon ritual on Friday, the 16th. And you can do your rituals for your new moon. Uh, I would do them on the Gemini moon if you could. Um, the Cancer moon will be a little crabby. Uh, the Leo moon is, is helpful, which is later on in the week. Can cancer moon is if you want to get rid of some bad habits. I've been trying to, because the Gemini moon's at the very last degree of Gemini. Um, so it's an anoretic degree. So it's a great degree for getting rid of stuff. Uh, cup full of stars. I offer a daily update uh, about 10 to 10 minutes or so, six to 10 minutes. Sometimes I'm a little long, longer winded. List of the daily aspects so you can plan your day ahead as well as a song that is inspirational, hopefully, or funny, depending on how you, uh, how you feel about my sense of humor. Uh, and then this weekend, uh, we are not this weekend, June 30th, uh, thank, not Thanksgiving, 4th of July weekend, I'm going to be working with four other great astrologers on astrology consciousness and the great shift, which is all this stuff that we're feeling and seeing in the heavens. Um, it's a plenary, so we're all in the same room and we're going speaker, speaker, speaker. And Omega's lovely. I did post when I was out at Norwalk, Maurice Fernandez was there. And he sat, he caught me outside of a Starbucks. So in the, in the hotels. So we sat there and did a little brief recording about what to expect. Maurice is very good at marketing. He's much better than I am. So I posted it uh, on my YouTube. I also posted it on Facebook, still time to sign up. Uh, and it's a beautiful part of the country. We're gonna talk about the nodal shift into Aries and Libra. We're gonna talk about the bright star. We're gonna talk about the Venus, um, the Venus Saturn, uh, the Venus retrograde and the star point. And we're also going to talk about the Pluto and Aquarius energy and how to work with it. So it's an interesting, it'll have a ritual on Saturday night. The food is good. The place is beautiful. Lots to walk around and see. So hopefully you'll join us. And on that note, we send you off into your week. Have a good one. Hang in there. Remember Saturn's stationing. So he's going to be reversing and asking you to look back and say, you know, I thought I was going forward in March and now I find I'm kind of back at the spec the beginning again. Yep, you are. And that's okay. You know, well begun, half done, but you're going to re revise it. And then we begin it again when we get to November. So have a good one. Bye.